What's up? I'm Alex Clark, and you're listening to the audio version of my show, Politics, powered by Turning Point USA. To fully experience the conservatee, make sure you're following the show at our home base on Instagram, where we post our episodes daily at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific. Okay, cute servatives, let the games begin. And I see him at a corner eye dragging this dead horse through the whole restaurant. I didn't stop once. And I thought, okay, something is going on. And he says to me, he says, knock, knock. I said, who's there? He said, interrupting cow. At which point I said, interrupting cow. And before I could finish, he said, moo. My primary concern was for my sister and her CDs. That was so riveting. I could have watched a full 45 minute episode on that. My primary concern was for my sister and her CDs. You scratched my CD, you know. I know, and I'm really sorry. You scratched it. You picked it up in clear daylight and you scratched it. You will never guess what the premise is for a brand new scary movie coming out this summer by the same people who made The Purge and Get Out. It is woke beyond woke, and I genuinely cannot believe that this is a real plot of a movie. I predicted that huge corporations would start backpedaling on caving into their progressive employees because of what's happening with Disney and you know, as per usual, I was right. Netflix just put the smack down on their far left employees. The majority of your favorite celebrities just signed an open letter with Planned Parenthood, I'll tell you who. And I'll share which guest on The Spillover ended up being one of the most psycho people I've ever had to deal with in pop quiz. I'm Alex Clark and this is Politics. You are not going to believe this. I seriously thought it was a joke. The same scary movie production house behind the Purge series, Get Out, Insidious, and Split is making a horror movie called They Slash Them. Yep, this is going where you think it's going. I'm not saying you're anti-gay, I'm saying you arger. Arder? You argo. Arder. Argay. The movie from Blumhouse Productions is going to be set at an LGBTQ conversion camp where an unidentified killer begins killing teens one by one. The kids team up to protect each other, not only from the killer, but the evil adults at the conversion camp who are trying to make them straight. Why is this premise going to be a real scary movie and not an SNL skit? You sound like a gay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and guess who was starring in this? Kevin Bacon as the camp director. I thought this was a party! Let's dance! Anna Chlumsky from Inventing Anna, Veep, and My Girl is also going to be in it. Hi, Anna. I just had some questions. I have a question. What are you wearing? You look poor. The movie will stream on Peacock in August. I mean, just... How stereotyped are they gonna make these characters? You know, that's what I'm thinking. Like I'm imagining one of the characters turning on the rest of their friends. And then when the killer is coming after their friends, them yelling, yes, and slay, like talking like RuPaul for absolutely no reason. I know art is subjective, but that is rubbish. Now, 
Remember when I told you that huge corporations very soon were gonna be really freaked out by all the blowback that Disney has been getting for being openly woke? It looks like corporate wokeism may be dying because Netflix just epically stood up to their far left progressive employees and said, uh, yeah, we're not gonna take your bad attitudes or your demands any longer. And even said, if they're offended by shows that they choose to air as a company, then those people can go work somewhere else. I have neither the time nor the inclination to explain myself to a man who rises and sleeps under the blanket of the very freedom that I provide and then questions the manner in which I provide it. This is so great. The actual statement obtained by Variety and sent to Netflix employees says, entertaining the world is an amazing opportunity and also a challenge because viewers have very different tastes and points of view. So we offer a wide variety of TV shows and movies, some of which can be provocative. To help members make informed choices about what to watch, we offer ratings, content warnings, and easy to use parental controls. Not everyone will like or agree with everything on our service, while every title is different, we approach them based on the same set of principles. We support the artistic expression of the creators we choose to work with, we program for a diversity of audiences and tastes, and we let viewers decide what's appropriate for them versus having Netflix censor specific artists or voices. You know what? That's an amazing idea, let's go. The section concludes, as employees, we support the principle that Netflix offers a diversity of stories, even if we find some titles counter to our own personal values. Depending on your role, you may need to work on titles that you perceive to be harmful. If you'd find it hard to support our content breadth, Netflix may not be the best place for you. Ooh! Maybe these brands are starting to realize that money is a bigger motivation than woke ideology. Disney and Netflix's stocks are plummeting. We gotta make ESG scores irrelevant. Are you ready to fight for what's right? Yeah! Ariana Grande, Kendall Jenner, Camila Cabello, and even Rebecca Black signed an open letter from Planned Parenthood in the New York Times condemning the overturning of Roe v. Wade. I think Rebecca Black was just like stoked to sign this so her name would show up next to all these huge A-list stars, to be honest. Nearly 160 big names in entertainment signed the letter, which we'll post to the politics story on Instagram so you can look at the names. The letter said, this generation of artists stands with the majority of Americans who support abortion. Dismantling Roe will go against the will of the 80% of Americans who want abortion to be legal and the nearly one in four women who will have one in their lifetime. Do you want me to bring the receipts? Do I need to bring the receipts, baby girl? We keep seeing this statement from pro-aborts that the majority of Americans want abortion to be legal. And technically, they're right. But when you break down that statistic, actually, the majority of Americans consider themselves to be pro-choice, yes, but with major restrictions and limits on abortion. 54% of voters think that it should be legal to get an abortion after the first 15 weeks. That is a minority, not a majority. Really? Yes, really. And actually, the reasons most give are for instances like rape and incest or if the life of the mother is at risk. But when they find out that if the life of the mother is at risk, there's no need to purposefully kill that baby, a lot of them change their minds and then do consider themselves to be pro-life. Because a good doctor providing actual healthcare would do their best to save the baby 
and mom, even if that means having to have that baby early. The baby tragically may not survive, but if the life of the mother is at risk, the baby has to be delivered. It doesn't need to be dead to first deliver it. Purposely killing a human life is wrong. Write that down, write that down! In the instance of rape or even incest, pro-lifers care a lot about both of the people involved here because in that case, the woman is an innocent victim and went through something truly horrific. We don't elevate, as pro-lifers, the baby's life to be above the mother or the mother's life to be above the babies. We want to love and save them both. Pro-life centers can help mom get counseling and even supplies or clothes for her and baby if she chooses to raise it herself. The rapist is who is guilty in this scenario and they should be punished to the fullest extent of the law, not the innocent baby. I think we all learned a lot. You guys can ask me anything and I might pick your question and answer on Mondays. There's a link in the politics bio for you to submit questions anytime. This is called Pop Quiz. Savannah from Germany, an international conservative, asked, was there ever a guest on the spillover that you absolutely did not vibe with at all? Ha! <laughs> well, there is one guest, I will not say who, but uh, they ended up being an absolute psychopath, like legit out of nowhere, was pissed about their episode, even though they promoted it for weeks, had no issues. All of a sudden they said that I invited them on to sabotage them and they had this whole theory, like actually, crazy. And you know, I've always felt and strive to be the most respectful ever to my guests. Um, I'm not inviting people on to do some sort of gotcha. Like I invite people on and ask them questions about a very public story that they have gone public with previously. It has never been my intention to be anything but that with anyone that I've had on my show. And you know, there's always, I guess, just bound to be that one person who's beyond difficult and never happy. And that was that person. The look in her eyes. Psychopath. Maddie from Wisconsin asks, since covering pop culture is part of your job, how many hours a week would you say you spend watching TV shows, movies, or consuming media on your phone to stay up to date? Do you ever need a time to debrief? And if so, what do you do? You know, by the time I get home every day from filming shows and interviews and stuff like that for work, I am really emotionally spent and I just need a break. So that's when I try to cook dinner and then turn on a show or read a new book for a couple hours before I start writing the next day's episode of Politics. And I spend all hours a day that I am awake, consuming media and reading news and keeping up with what's trending. But even if that wasn't my job, I would do it anyways. I'm pretty tired. I think I'll go home now. Taya from Utah said, if your budget all of a sudden went down, what is the first pleasure or luxury that you would get rid of? Probably cable and then honestly eating out or something before I give up lashes or hair or anything like that. I am never gonna financially recover from this. Anna from Montana asked, what do you do to your hair to keep it so fabulous all the time? Well, thank you very much. I have hand-tied extensions, which make a night and day difference because my hair is so thin, but uh, I also go and get a blowout once a week. That's why her hair is so big. It's Secrets. Brittany from California asked, do you ever get shy to do funny stuff while filming politics knowing that other people are watching you? I never get shy or embarrassed doing shows. It's probably to my detriment. I never have. I think that's why I'm good at this because I just share every part of my life. But I do get absolutely terrified of public speaking. I really hate it and I do it because I have to. But there is something nerve wracking to me about seeing the people I'm talking to. Like right now, I don't see you. So if you're like making a face or you are, you know, not laughing at a joke or something, I have no idea. My own little world, everybody's happy, they love the show, and they think I'm hilarious. 
Bernie, I got self-esteem falling out of my butt. Zoe from Maryland asked, Hi, Alex. My boyfriend has never given me a reason to think he's not loyal, but after looking through his phone, I found out that he invited a female coworker out for drinks. He assured me that she's just a coworker and friend, but he never told me about this, and I found out by my own means. Should I trust him, or is this a red flag? Uh, your significant other should never be going to hang out with another girl, coworker, or not without inviting you, at least, and definitely not without telling you about it. So that is extremely shady and concerning. I would tell him it makes you very uncomfortable. If he pushes back on that and doesn't immediately apologize or vow to never do that again and understand why it's disrespectful, move on. If you've got a question that you want me to answer possibly next Monday, submit it through the link in the politics bio. Do not forget to hot this episode, thumbs it up, especially if you are on YouTube, uh, that's very important. Now, if those pro-life talking points will help you talk to your friends and coworkers about abortion, please, please definitely give me a heart for that. Let me know how bad you think that this uh, they slash them movie is gonna be, and do you think that companies like Netflix are starting to take the hint that going woke means going broke. Please post this episode to your Instagram story and say, you know what? I am pro-life, even in instances of rape and incest and when the life of the mother is at risk. This episode explains why, and then hit that save button, please. Politics is the only conservative daily pop culture show, and we post every day right here. Tomorrow, we will be back at 4 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Pacific, our normal time. It's pop culture without the propaganda every single day. I'm Alex Clark, and this is Politics. Hopefully you found the conservatee scalding today. Don't forget if you want to get the full politics experience to follow us on Instagram at Poplitics, where you can watch the episodes and see all the fun clips. You can find me on Instagram too, at Real Alex Clark. Love you, mean it. Bye.